Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 276 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I talk to Johannes Kressman of Machine and Mensch about their roguelike Victorian explorer themed adventure game Curious Expedition. So, Chris, from the past, if you'd be so kind. Johannes, who Hello. are you? Hello, <laughs> who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm a game developer from um, Berlin in Germany, um, and I'm one of the founders of Maschinenmensch, um, where my role is, or I'm doing, trying to do art direction and game design. Right. Well, welcome. Welcome to yeah, an esteemed episode of The Sausage Factory. It's one of those numbers we don't often get, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised we're still here. Actually, I'm thanks not, for no. having me. Yeah, that's all right. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, yeah, thanks. Um, how did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Ooh, uh, how, how I started. Um, mm. You can go as far back as you like. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the part where I talk about my youth and how okay. much I in video games as a kid and so on. Um, basically, um, I got into it weirdly through web development when Flash was still a thing, um, where I did Flash intros, you know, those awkward Flash intros that you always had to wait for to finish before you were actually able to visit the site. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. 90s. Nothing but fond memories of those. Do carry yes, on. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was um, partially responsible for um, and there I found great enjoyment in uh, very complicated navigations um, with Flash. And for some reason, my um, the, the, the agency I worked uh, with, they um, stumbled into like a greeting card uh, for Christmas, which was meant to be like some kind of game where we threw snowballs uh, at the faces of the employees and that was sent out to the customers. And I did everything there uh, f with that, from the graphics to the like um, 
quote-unquote coding, um, sound effects and everything. Um, and that worked so well for the agency that they eventually made a lot of those small flash games where I did everything from, from start to finish. And I, I found out that I'm not only good at playing and enjoying games, but also apparently at like coming up and making them. Okay. And, then, and yeah, then I uh, had some stops here and there with some specialized schools. And um, I worked uh, pretty long, uh, which is one of the largest German game developers here in Berlin um, on Spec Ops The Line. Um, and on that island too, before it left the developer. Um, but during that time after Spec Ops, um, I met, uh, he was a coder at uh, Yaga and soon to be my co-founder uh, with Machine Mensch. Um, and then in some night shifts, um, we started playing around a little bit and eventually found that a shared that vision for a game would soon become the Curious Expedition and our start for the little company that we are now running called Machine. Hmm. That's quite a quite a history. To, to, to go through the whole Flash <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. when Flash eventually died and got replaced by HTML5. Oh, I miss it. I, I, I have to say I miss Flash. Uh, it yeah. was really... Uh, sometimes I would like to just go back to do some prototypical animations um, because now I have to use After Effects and I, 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 I'm nowhere as quick and good. Um, and also I miss the coding. Um, right. Like the script stuff, it was just enough complexity so I could do mostly everything at like the peak of my action script skill set, I would say, um, but simply enough that I could understand because I'm, I'm not a coder. I'm, I would say, more like an artist by heart. Right. Uh, it was it was okay for me to do that, and it was really um, it was a nice feeling being able to do that stuff. Hmm. Well, my next question then flows on from the last one, kind of, but it is a bit of a challenge to actually answer. I found some developers struggle, but I'm sure you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, as a creator of things, what do you believe is uh, Machina Mensch's greatest influence? So you mean what we are mostly influenced by? Mm. What's the thing that you are find yourself orbiting more than anything else, whether you like it or not? Mm. Yeah, I don't think I can answer this for Machine Mensch as a whole because while we are so many individuals, I okay. answer it for me. That's fine. That's for, that's just as valid. Mm. Um, yeah, my what's most influenced to me? Everything, right? Everything. Mm. I try, I try, I, I can, I can, I can approach it from the opposite side. I try to have the least influence, um, have it the other games. Um, because yeah, they're already there. Uh, I, I, I still play a lot, but I, I try to not recreate stuff I see in other games as when I'm like playing or when I'm developing a game and working on a game, I try to not play games which are similar or which could like, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of like copying stuff because copying is a natural thing that you're always doing. Mm. But yeah, I try to take in everything else. Like I, I try to read books a lot. Um, 
I really like to approach topics from a narrative or from the story standpoint. So we were, when we were working on Curious Expedition, I, I got a lot of books. I just like um, asked friends and asked on Twitter and um, did some research and then read like travel journals of Alexander von Humboldt or I, I fell in love with the water music by T.C. Boyle and all other kinds of related books. And um, of course, a huge influence always for me, without me mentioning, is Werner Herzog, the German filmmaker. Um, just probably my end goal in life. I want to have the same accent as him and uh, be the same, basically the same person. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. There you go. You know, you know Werner Herzog. You know, you know him. Yeah, yeah. He's also very inspirational. Like I, I, I sneaked in um, a couple of um, things from from his movies or from his diary that working on Fitzcarraldo um, to um, Curious Expedition, actually. There are events in the game. Are, are we there already? Can I talk about some? That's fine. It, we do find that um, the <laughs> second half bleeds into the first. It's a common okay. problem. Nothing, 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 nothing. It, no, it's, it's fine. Go for it. I try to keep short. I, I try to keep short. So there's this one thing where, you know, when I had to, that he used to work a lot uh, with Klaus Kinski, which is a notorious German actor. Like full straight up crazy guy, genius in his own sense, um, very troubled person. And um, when they were um, doing the sh shooting for Fitzcarraldo, they worked together with uh, with native people um, in the um, South American rainforest. And um, he Klaus Kinski, he has like a super anger temper, um, and he was freaking out at the set constantly. And the people there that he was possessed by some kind of evil demons, he offered um, Werner Herzog in a quiet moment uh, to, to kill Klaus Kinski. What? Um, to get rid of him, yes, yes. My goodness. <laughs> That's what he writes in his, in, his, uh, in his diary, at least. As a book, really, um, a strong recommendation by me. And that is actually like an event. Yeah. yeah. One, that's very troubling actually approach you and like hey uh, we want to talk to you about this person here how about we just take care and you don't have to worry about this person anymore so it's one of the small things i snuck in yeah <laughs> yeah nice okay um next question this one is equally it can be difficult but um what developer do you most admire in the industry and why <sighs> Um, wow, that's a tough one. Um, <clears throat> I have so many people for different reasons. Mm. Um, and I'm really bad with names. Yeah. So I mean, you can have probably... company as well. Or I don't mind. Or, you know, that have been named yeah. people. Mm. Mm. Um, so companies... I really liked um, ah, what's the what's the name? You know the people that did the, all the pixel games like Pixel Junk. Um, oh yeah, Junk Shooter, Pixel Junk Racer. Yeah, had a strong influence on me. Also, I really like Petri Purho. Um, he recently released um, this. Ah, oh, this pixel simulation game. Simon will hate me for not knowing the name. 
um, in a way, this kind of mage and like every pixel is simulated and you can shoot from your wand and manipulate the world. And Petri Pujo uh, did um, long, long time ago um, a game called Crayon Physics. Okay. One of the first um, indie games, I remember. Yeah, I Mes- remember that. Like a lot. Messhoff, he did Nidhogg and Fly Ranch. Um, mm had a very early influence on me because when I first uh, found Fly Ranch, I was not aware that there was something like a, an independent scene. Like I was, I was, I was playing homebrew games on DS. That was, that was something I was really interested in so many years. Like it feels like a lifetime ago. And then I, for some reason I stumbled onto this. I think it was by the time when I had the chance to the first time visit the GDC because for some freak accident, my f- former um, employee, Jäger, sent me there. And then I stumbled into this session where there was like Chris Hacker and uh, Jonathan Blow. And they, in- they introduced us to all kinds of games. And um, Fly Ranch was one of them. And then I, I-, I definitely have to mention uh, Robin, really slaughtering her name. Um, she worked to then on the journey game um she's very inspirational i like it's really hard to nail down (laughs) only a few yeah it's very it's a tough question but i'd like Mm. to 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 ask it because it gives me an idea of who you're you you look to and to say yeah usually i'm trying i'm going for the knee i mean i'm playing a game uh, typically, I have this problem that I'm, as a game developer, lay it down because I know, okay, now I can repeat this for 64 hours or what, and it's not surprising me anymore. So I, I try to play smaller, more quirky games, which are able to surprise me a, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Speaking of what you play at the moment, what are you playing right now? <laughs> uh... I um right now I I don't get so much time playing to be honest like the games I'm playing right now are my kids um mm. have um, two kids um yeah aged 5 one aged 10 and I play games with both of them so um mostly probably it's on the switch so I'm playing animal crossing of course um I'm playing Wild. I'm playing um, Yoshi's Crafted World, yeah, um, Vatam, good. which I enjoyed a lot. Um, before that I enjoyed Nobi Nobi Boy too. Um, I'm a big fan of um, The Long Dark. Um, like when I'm playing for myself, I play The Long Dark. I, oh, I like punishing okay. games with permadeath. Um, oh. I prefer oh. these. <laughs> Um, I don't know why. Interesting. Uh, and I'm currently, like, I'm really currently. Um, no, this, these were the ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How are you finding Animal Crossing? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I know. I, I don't know. Um, I kind of find it nice. I was hoping that my family would stick around, so I, I, I try to 
like I had my I had my both um, my kids play, and I I got my wife, and they kind of like liked it, but not to it. And now I'm with them, and I'm mm. still then playing it as regular as I am, and that that's kind of like I can already feel like I'm I'm visiting it, but I can already feel that it's not gonna stay long. It's bored yeah. so much. I, I, I like that it allows me to put it down um, and that eventually it, it, it slows down my program with like those bonuses going away for the nuke miles and stuff like that. So I, I appreciate this and I, and I like the fact that it's like um, uh, synchronous to the time in my real life, um, which is interesting, but it's also sad because I always only see the island in, um, never yeah, during I day. Yeah, never in a day. Just oh, yeah, it's not. It's like oh, so, look, there's yeah. another tarantula. Oh, great! There we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay, but I think that really, really sucks. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, given the crisis we are in, like the the whole es- escapist of animal yeah. crossing, living your life there, it's mm. really an interesting timing for Nintendo to really. This yeah, very interesting timing. It's not something, of course, they planned, but it just so happens, yeah, everyone's holed up and, uh, oh, why don't you just sit here and play Animal Crossing then? Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> right, well, that's the end of the first half. Let's, uh, let's, uh, that was uh, easy. Yeah, it was, not bad. Well, question four stumped you a bit, but it always does. It's cool. Um, but let's move on to the second half. Well, we delve deep into Curious Expedition.
So, please, Johannes, tell us, what is Curious Expedition? <laughs> okay, so the, the, the pitch usually is, um, it's an expedition simulation set in the 19th century, where you venture out into uncharted territories for fame and glory, but most likely you will end up between the pincers of a giant crew. The other way of describing it would be, hmm, it's basically like a permadeath. You have to manage a track of individuals who will either end up eating themselves because of cannibalism or find fame and glory. Yeah, it's that extreme <laughs> ends of the spectrum, isn't it, really? Yeah. Horrific yeah, I mean, death and cannibalism, fame and glory. It's still... Yeah, the more start out like that but it's really it has become uh, like this story generator um, thing mm, is a strong part of it usually I, I give this pitch of like yeah it's this expedition it is an expedition simulation yeah but the thing I'm most interested in and which all now in the second um, is this aspect of like when you're playing it you are creating those little very personal very intimate um, stories by a lot of small decisions um, which go completely in, against some of roguelike um, behaviors you typically see in players. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say. It's make, it's marks it out for something quite unique. So, yeah. first question then. Mm-hmm. How did the sanity bar come about? <laughs> um, that came mostly from yeah from reading stories about um, expeditions back then, where typically people went um, right. They had like multiple soldiers with them and equipment and lasting for multiple months and years and they arrived at the harbor somewhere in South Africa and then the second day got malaria and fell ill or <laughs> or lost their mind somewhere out in the jungle um, so typically the problem was not being ill-prepared but being able to such a travel and this experience would take and we wanted that somehow to be right at the core of the game and for everybody to completely understand or not mistake. That's why we didn't call it like stamina or I, I don't know what resources, but we wanted to call it sanity. Um, it also had a little bit like a, like a drop of HP Lovecraft in there um, from the tone. Mm, but um, that's mostly how it came about. Yeah. All right, uh, I do, you know, I've played Call of Cthulhu, so I know how that, I mean, yeah, sanity is a key component of Lovecraftian uh, um, lore, for the right mm -hmm. phrase, or fiction, fiction is probably a better way. So, the model of um, risk-reward is quite explicit in Curious Expedition. Mm -hmm. You know, the more you push yourself the likelihood you'll get rewarded, but then again, you always have the balance of the potential of your party annihilating each other through um, 
through various things. It's quite quite harrowing when it happens towards the end, if you're <laughs> if you're not careful, if you don't look after yourselves. Um, this this risk reward model was it an attempt to guide the players' actions? Um, yeah, I mean, you can you could say that for everything in game that you're trying to guide the actions it, it, it all comes down to greed yes greed um and and i i really like pushing players into a direction where they will do stuff which they regret right <laughs> um that's where for me it be- becomes interesting where like when a game resonates after I put it down, I'm like, ah, damn it! Yes, yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done it. Like this, this whole formula of of the roguelike genre where you are not growing a character, which is persistent between playthroughs, but mm. how growing this gut feeling of what is a good risk to take. And what is a bad risk to take, right? And that that was something that really, really, we had a lot of fun pushing and experimenting with and almost probably a little bit too much fun because sometimes the game can be really punishing and hard. But um, there was something that Riyad always pulled back a little bit more on. Riyad, my co-founder, um, we, we basically, on the first Curious Expedition, we it was the two of us, right? It was only the two of us. We, we, we had some collaborators for outsourcing for some for music and sound and, and some art pieces, but it was like 99% of the games. It's either him or me or like the combination of our ideas. And we are very separate persons, very different persons. You could say we are at the end of the two spectrums or, or one spectrum. So um, I was always fine with the like convoluted, um, not explained systems. And Riyadh is very much like, no, we need to, we need to open up this. People need to see chances and are uh, like this whole like, oh, RNG put me over because I could not do anything about it. Riyadh was completely trying to fight this. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't care too much if, if the game screws me over and I can't do anything. In hindsight, of course, I agree with him, um, but back then I was not I was not interested. Um, but yeah, that I, I I would say that's a very long answer to your question. No, it's like fine. The it's fine. thing, it's really um, it's at the core of the game. It's really taking. Like, I I because many times you know where you have to go, right? Many times you know. Oh, I just have to go in this direction, and then eventually I will find my goal, and I can finish my expedition. But ah, maybe there's a little bit more to, to grab along the way if I make a little bit more of like a curve along here, and then all of a sudden stuff goes downhill. There's a volcano eruption. Natives are chasing you, um, and and you die a horrible death in a crocodile stomach. Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> One minute you're on top of the world, next minute you're being eaten alive by one of your crewmates. So, I keep on obsessing about that. It's kind of scary. Um, so, I want to talk about the combat model, because you hinted at mm-hmm. it. Um, it's quite abstract with dice rolls that determine oh, yes. the outcome of the these engagements. Mm-hmm. Why did you go with this system? 
Well, uh, short answer, we, we really like dice games. Uh-huh. Long answer. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I'm just I'm just finding it. No, no, no. It's no, no, quite no. a um, juxtaposed to the rest of the experience. You're like, oh, wait. <laughs> you know, it's quite interesting to encounter it. It's a lovely... It's a lovely way to model chance, of course, because that's the best way to... If something could go wrong, then it may yeah. go wrong, you know? Yeah, I mean, like the whole modeling chance, that's an interesting um, aspect. Like when, when you click a button and there's a, like a random outcome of a number between one to six um, and and it's not in your favor, you are like complaining and saying, ah, that's it's all made up. I, I don't believe in this. But when, when you see a die... Uh, digital die on the screen rolling you you're more likely to accept the outcome even though it's the exact same random result yeah right? yeah helps um a lot and then there was also this thing that we knew would not be able to stand a chance against like a proper combat system right we wanted the combat of the game conflict in the game not to be a focus we wanted no. the traveling the focus the traveling should be where most of the time is spent and most of the meaningful decisions are being made. And we ne needed to make sure to spend our resources there and not in a like growing and combat system so we could keep up with other games like, I don't know what, by the time uh, we, we saw like this XCOM games and so on, of course we would not be able to be there. So we, we knew we had to keep it simple. Um, and another goal for that was that we wanted uh, some kind of challenge or check, which not only could be used for fighting crocodiles or yeah. zombies, but also for doing check, trying to like unlock uh, a, a stone altar, or I'm trying to decipher some runes, or I'm trying to convince um my native scout to follow me back into the um western world um and for this flexibility this kind of dice game somehow emerged i mean the, the, the dice were always like hey let's try something like yahtzee where you can similar to yahtzee like again like take a chance try to push your luck a little bit further yeah we didn't pull it off that nicely so there's only a few of these skill checks in uh, Curious Expedition 1 um, outside of combat but in the set to do that much better because it like almost every system in, in the game so many iterations like we we we've we made uh, features worth of four games while working on Curious Expedition yeah that's crazy. Like we could only do this because we were the two of us um, with a larger team. This would have been impossible. We spent so much time and going back and forth and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the thing about making games. It's um, I know you know it because you've been doing this for so long. It's incredibly destructive. The amount of stuff you actually make and then throw into the, to the into the trash because it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just the way things are. It's how how game development works. I'm afraid. Mm. Yes, yes, and not all. And the, the the sad thing is, you don't throw it away. Bad, no. you throw it away because for some reason it's not fitting. But yeah, it, it's really hard to wave some of these things. But we, I, I'm I'm happy that we managed to do to do it. 
Yeah, it's just you find yourself going, well, that's a good idea, but not for this game. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, last question. I know. All good things must come to an end. Um, so the party that the player builds up in Curious Expedition is mm-hmm. pretty much vital to their continued success, I've found. Um, my only concern about it is when you're developing, you're, you're building your, your, your team up, you can mm-hmm. get a bit swamped with information. How do you... I mean, I know how the game does it, but how does Curious Expedition prevent a, just like a swamp of information being thrown at the player from the outset? What did you do? How did you manage it so the player doesn't become overwhelmed early on? <laughs> I don't think we did a very good job there. I, I think there are times where players get a lot of information. Right. It's pretty hardcore, actually, and it's how it's communicating its systems. Um, I mean, we tried by basically we have this curve of in the beginning of the game, um, stuff is mostly like realistic or and not too crazy, like you don't encounter dinosaurs on your first expedition. Um, and then the more you manage to survive towards Expedition 6, the more crazy aspects are introduced and the more complicated your track members can become. Um, staggered and elegantly designed as I would wanted it to have. Like it's mm. the, the, sometimes the game feels hard, um, and people say, "Yeah, it's a challenge." Um, but ah, to be honest, and between you and me, I, I, we failed in designing in a, in an elegant way that it's like growing and building seed and which are growing in com- complexity. Um, that's Curious Expedition is complex almost right from the get-go. Um, we tried, but it's it, it's not where it should have been. Um, it's difficult. Think, it's difficult. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's super difficult. It's super difficult. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing this better now in the second part. Um, but in the first one, yeah, it, it became a game where you basically, and it's also mixed because it's also like this, um, this expert knowledge, like, oh, you can do this trick to be better at this. Like, people tend to have the wiki open next to them when they are playing the game, um, which makes me proud to some degree because the wiki is amazing. Right. Um, people have been working on that. Um, it was always like I was flabbergasted how quickly they added new aspects and new secrets that we pushed into the game, like stuff where like in one out of 1,000 playthroughs, maybe you can encounter it. And then you have to make a decision. And if it's the wrong decision, then it goes away. <laughs> oh, so no. To... Yeah, it's horrible. Um, but yeah, like there's a Yeti in the first game, for example, but it's so ridiculously hard to find them. Or like a Blood Crown, which is an item which is so ridiculously hidden inside of the game. Um, that people really need to have a wiki open to understand those aspects. And yes, as I said, like what I'm proud about the quality of the wiki, I I would not want to make another game where having a wiki open is a requirement to have 
to be able to enjoy all the aspects of the game. Yeah, it is a bit of a worry, isn't it? But uh, no, I just found there's so much aspects to it that I was quite overwhelmed with the amount of data that I had to sift through to get my head around what I was actually doing. And I found it quite enjoyable. I just had to ask this question, like, I'm sure you know this too. And lo and behold, yep, you do. And you're doing your best with Curious Expedition 2, which is currently in alpha, everyone. Um, I've played it a little bit. More than a little bit, actually. Um, it's a it's a real evolution from Curious Expedition. There's, it, there is the core. It's still very similar. But yeah. everything else, the art style, everything, totally different. <laughs> it's just... Um, that's how you make sequels, right? That's how you're just, supposed to make sequels. That's how you're meant to, meant to make sequels, is build from the original, and that's what you've done. Um, the Marvel films apparently know about that. I don't know. Um, so, Curious Expedition, um, it's a thing. We've just uh, discussed it uh, by Machin and Minch. Um, where did the name of the developer come from? Where did your name come from? Machin and Minch. <laughs> so it means machine human. Um, right. So, yeah, it's basically, again, Riyadh and me. Um, when we had to find a name for the... It's very hard. Mm. Uh, because we always, like, when I like something a lot, he's like, oh, that's the worst idea ever, and, and vice versa. Um, but we both liked this... Um, um, what's what's it called um mechanim like this the the mechanical turk for example like mm -hmm. this you know the mechanic robot no. No. played chess like there was like in the 19th century okay a, um fake robot um with a, like an upper body um attached to a chess table and you could play chess against this robot and it was super good and it all almost always beat the people that were playing against it and people marveled about what how it was um, working when in fact there was like um in the table there was an, um, a hollow space and there was a small person inside which operated the robot right. and there was a cool there was something that stuck with both of us um and we wanted to have this somehow um, and that's where Machine and Mensch comes from. Nice, nice. Always like to ask the name of developers where they get their name from. You always get these fun stories coming out, and it's great. Thank you. Um, so, um, Curious Expedition is out now, and I've tested this. It looks like it's on uh, Windows PC, Mac, Linux, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Yes? All the systems everywhere, yes. Everywhere. Just... Oh, well, no, no mobile. Uh, no, not mobile. No, true enough. Mm. Um, and I've been playing games on Apple Arcade now. My Apple TV thing is now a, a video game console. It's nuts. Because um, of Apple Arcade. It's great. Anyway, um, Johannes, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you very, very, very yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, I hope you uh, enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, and, of course, you're more than welcome to come back on the show to chat about what your next... I mean, we could have you back on for Curious Expedition 2 because it's almost a different yeah. game. In fact, I think we should. I think we should do a follow-up. And it's... I mean, how far is it out? Towards what? Towards a year from now, isn't it? Something like that? <laughs> You're not allowed to ask a developer this question. Indeed I'm not, no. <laughs> I'm just guessing. It's, too, so, it's a two-person two question. It I is. Can't. It's so offensive, isn't it? How very dare you? 
It's like it's like saying it's like saying you know when is Curious Wicked Edition finished? It's never finished. Oh, true. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Games what? are never finished, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah, no. It's 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 still it's still quite a while to go. Mm. But we hopefully will enter um, Steam early access this year. Um, so it's it, it, people will be able to um, get it on Steam before the end of the year. Um, I'm I'm knocking on wood now, but I'm I'm positive that it will happen. Nice, nice. Well, I say, um, do wish you the best of luck with it. Well done with getting Curious Expedition out on uh, on consoles, which triggered my interest in the game. I must, Im- I'm very embarrassed to admit this. The, it wasn't until I released that sort of press release, like, oh, that's interesting. I, sorry, I didn't know about it until now, and now I know more about it. It's it's awesome. I'm very very happy that I've experienced it. And we'll continue to do thank so. Thank you very much. But, uh, Johannes, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch. YouTube and at our website, canorince.com.